Hey everybody, it's me Fergoli, and we are your hosts, Pedro, Superior Buds, and Fergoli. It's your favorite late night hash cast here every week at 11 p.m. Friday night, Eastern Standard Time, streaming on YouTube, Twitch, X, after the show on Spotify, YouTube Music, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, I don't know, all those, those fun places. Everywhere, you can find everywhere. Show. We're uh, we're seeing all your comments here on the back end, whether you're on Twitch, YouTube, or X, whether you're on Pedro's channel, whether you're on Superior Bud's channel, we're on Fergoli's channel, or maybe even on Pelly Polaire's channel. Welcome, guys, and cheers to the 16th episode of Variables. Fucking cheers, everybody. Already. 16. Oh. Let's give let's give Pelly a quick little introduction here in case people in the chat may not know who he is. Brian, my man, Pele Polaire, um, man, been in contact with me for quite a few years now. Um, I, I think I remember the very first thing you did was the uh, the cooler, the, the your your wash machine um, uh, jackets, I guess you would call them, you know. And then he gave me a couple um, a couple custom ones with the PGR logo on it. Um, and then he's kind of progressed. He's he's made a, a solventless hash uh, a washing book, a solventless processing book. That's been uh, that was put together uh, from information compiled from all of us from a lot of different hash makers out there, and um, then he started providing um, uh, stuff for washing, uh, all all sorts of stuff. He's actually moved into uh, into washing machines and vessels and and chilled everything. Every, he's he's in the fucking game. So let's get into it, Brian Pele Pelaire. What's going on, brother? Dude, thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. I'm glad you jumped in with us, man. Kind of fit like a freaking puzzle piece in here, man. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I mean, the variables are 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 where it's at, dude. The details and the variables. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny how naturally we get into the variables. Like we just start talking, and it's like, oh shit, there they are again. You know, <laughs> every time, man. Hey, Brian. So tell us, like. How did you get your start in this whole world of cannabis and hash? Like what brought you to it? What gave you your start? And why are you still here now? What what is, you know, what's keeping you here? Oh man. Um it's the it's just the love for the plant, you know. I medicinally uh find benefits smoking. Uh when I was a teenager, it was hard for me to get weed. I started growing my own weed. I uh, realized I could pay a couple bills on the side doing that. So um, did that through college, moved to Cali, helped start a brand out there. And then when they went legal, I had my first kid. That was when hash was kind of first, you know, solventless hash was starting to come along. I watched BHO and all that stuff happen um, and um, kind of stayed back from it because I saw the dangers. And when the solventless um, – you know, started dropping. That was when I was like, okay, now it's time for me to get involved and really dig my teeth in here. It's safe. The, the water hash was just, uh, the next step in evolution. And the, the science and the nerding side of things, I really find, you know, I, I really find that I enjoy digging into all those variables. Like you guys talk about so much. Um, they're they're so important and and i'm I, and i just love to geek out on stuff so being able to bring it all together and just continue um pushing the pushing the boundaries it's all 
you know, it's all I, I really focus on is just what's next, what's next, what's next, how do we improve, how do we take it to the next step. So real quick, it sounds like you kind of got your start in California, but where did you get your start as a human being? East Coast. Okay. So you yeah. went all the way from East Coast to West Coast just for cannabis, or was there something else that kind of brought you out there? Uh, twofold. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, small town, went to community college out here. It didn't work out. I went to a, a bigger college in Boston that didn't work out. Got for my first job in an office out in Cali, took that job and uh, got laid off after like three months. And my best friend, oh, damn. <laughs> my best friend was after like, after moving across the country. Right. Like, oh, that driving. Drove my car out there. I had been busted like three times for weed. So I was like, let me take this job. I could grow weed on the side. I can refuge. Yeah, do what I want to do and spread my wings a bit and kind of experience life a little bit. And drove out there in my Honda. Damn. With some seeds. So a, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask what you brought with you. So was it just some seeds? Is that kind of how you, like, what kept it going? Or Yeah, I mean... I didn't have like my own specific strains that I was growing. I wasn't yeah. like a, a big known grower on the East coast. I was just doing my thing on the side. Um, so when I got out there, that's when it really, um, when I started working with my buddy out there, he kind of took me to the next level of growing and got me into the Kush and um, yeah, all the other great strains that were booming at the time out there in like 2000, I guess. Oh, so you were like two years after, like the first state in the, the whole union went any sort of legal was in 1998 when California went legal medicinally. So you were like right on the cusp of it all. Yeah, we rode uh, MRSA for a while, that MRSA. Okay. And then when that kind of fell off, we, uh, you know, danced around a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. So what, what, uh, like, so, so from there, you move out to California, you've got an interest in cannabis, you, you know, you kind of moved out there for another job that didn't kind of pan out. So was it like, was it just the culture out there that kind of like, you know, gave you that door the opportunity or what kind of like really just sucked you into the, like this wonderful world that we all just live in and can't seem to get out of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I keep mentioning my buddy. I don't, I don't usually name drop, um, but he really pushed me into it and, and he made me um, basically like his protege, you know, like okay. everyone else, everyone else that he had under his wing kind of went off and did their own thing or, let him down in one way or another. And I was like a college educated kid. I was, I wasn't even a kid, man. I was like in my thirties, but I, I was responsible. I, I showed up. He's like, you're the guy I need on the team to help me get to the next level. So it was like, all right, teach me how to grow at the commercial level. I'll be the guy in the shop holding it down. And that was, that was what I did for like five straight years. I was just the shop foreman. I ran, we I think had forty something lights at one time. Yeah. So it was a good size little spot and um just the day to day grind. Mm, that grind, man. Getting in with the you know, with the network, with the community, doing doing the seshes back in the day, during doing the high times cups, seeing opportunities, you know, going to college, it's like, all right, you can you can take that route, but there's also this really new industry that has so much potential for growth and if you're if you're smart enough to like take that bull by the horns and um 
you know, wrangle it into a corner for yourself and really be able to set yourself up to succeed, there's a huge, huge potential for that um, because it's so, so new. You know? What it, you said you went to college? Did you did you graduate with a degree? Just get some experience that kind of like prompted you to kind of dive into it, or do you have like? I guess what I'm asking is, do you have like some sort of background that you could lead into this? Yeah, my background is in science and in design. I went to uh, an architectural college. And so you're I type, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, okay. just like about everybody on this panel. <laughs> yeah. This guy right here. <laughs> good, good. I mean, it, I just, I, I'm more of the designer and the imaginator guy, and the and I need those engineers like you guys okay. to like take it to that next level. I'll draw a picture you. and be like, this is what I want, and I want it to do this. <laughs> you make it work. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah. I'm That's like, funny because I went to college for putting it on paper. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a draftsman. Man, oh, dude. There you go. oh yeah. man, that'd be a powerful group right there. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. No shit. All right, so we've got we've got the nerd down here. We've got the engineer down here. We've got the the artist, if you will, over here actually drafting it. Wait, I thought you were the artist. I don't oh. know where he's at. <laughs> I'm not the artist. I'm just drafting it. He's the fucking artist. I'm just putting it on paper. I can't even draw that well. It's it's up here, and I'm like, <laughs> guys, you've got napkin sketch. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Going. And then you've got, and they got official fucking plans. Yep. And then you've got the guy actually making it happen. Yeah, and then you got the guy who I refer to. You got the guy who I refer to and ask questions to right over here. And I get all the calls. Hey, man, this doesn't fucking do shit. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> We made so, what you wanted, but it sucks. So what made you jump from flour to concentrates? Uh, that was my, I blame that on my son. It's all his fault. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be the shop guy anymore because my son was there. Um, so I kind of had to step back. And, and right at the same time, it was weird how it all happened. Like I was trying to have a kid and all the stress I think was like preventing that from naturally happening. So as soon as that shop um, kind of closed and I, I was staying home more, I wasn't going into the stressful environment anymore. My wife got pregnant like that. And mm -hmm. then um, they were like, good. yeah. We and then can, they were, we can extrapolate all kinds of things. From that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was like, do you want to come and, and work and be the shop guy still? Um, and I was like, I can't. And I just stepped back. I had a couple plants at home. And like I said, that was when, we started just putting some weed in the water. And I, I think some of the first videos I watched of people doing that was of Pedro and I'm reaching out to him. Like, are you really, is this okay to do? It's that first time we've, I think we've talked about this a couple of times. The first time, you know, back when we were growing, growing weed, growing herb, growing cannabis back in the day, man, that was what you had. I mean, you could go to your dude and grab it, but my God, I know back in the day, man, when I was trying to get a good bag of, of beasters, even, it was fucking 50 bucks for an eighth, you know? Yeah. So man, I'm going to start growing my shit, yeah. you know? And then you got your, you got your crop, right? You're, you're all happy. You got your harvest and now dump it in a fucking big old bucket of water and yeah. then <laughs> eat the shit the out of it. And then, yeah, well, I'm hoping this is going to fucking work. I see you out there, bubble man. I hope this is going to fucking work. Yeah. I see you guys. Yeah. And, and the, at the time, like BHO was going strong. So no one was trying to give up material I knew all the growers were still homies but they were like i'm not giving you my shit man i'm gonna go yeah. and blast it and make money yeah, there's some trim yeah. fuck with the trim i i know right it wasn't that the most ridiculous thing i mean 
I guess you got to get it going. You got to prove that you can do something, right? I'll tell you what. On that note, I pulled some. I pulled some great fucking rosin and concentrates out of some fucking trim. But you got to be. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah, and 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 that's like where I started my my hashing career was making trim rosin. I did that for like two years. Well, let me ask you guys both, or maybe all three of you then. Um, you know, with BHO, I'm the I'm the BHO guy, Brian. Just in case you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> no hard feelings. I, no, no, of course. I mean, I mean, if you did, I'd just kick you off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's there's buttons for that. <laughs> there's buttons for that, Bajel. No, uh, you know, and I love my craft, and I, I respect both for sure. And I think there's a um, there's a reason to do either or. Um, yes. You know, whether it be craft or commercially, there's certain certainly reasons for both. But when it comes to trim, uh that's something I never thought I would, you know, or, or, or expect to be sent to a hash maker, a bubble hash maker, right? We'll get to the hash definitions shortly, but oh my god, uh, here we go again. <laughs> so, what yeah, but... my my my, I guess my question is like, it's is it fire in, fire out, or like what Pedro's kind of leaning into? Does it is it a certain level of skill that actually can take like, you know, what, what is basically, I don't know, what I think most of us would consider probably a food grade product, which is trim and turn it into like a quality dabbable hatch product. Like what, what does the process look like for that? And is it really worth your time? Who do you want to start? I want, I want Brian. Uh, That's what I was thinking too. That's what I was thinking. I kind of want him to start too. (laughs) I was saying I was pointing right at you saying Pedro. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fire in, fire out, and it's also knowing how to hone your craft. Um, you can trim is that thing that can be um, fucked up pretty easily if you variables. don't. Yeah, the variables and and <laughs> and it is it is fire in, fire out. Like I can't take some old bag of trim and turn it into magically you know sprinkle some fairy dust on there and make it fire. <laughs> That's not how it works. There's no you can turn flex. it into rosin. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would want to dab it if it was no. Old. <laughs> you can turn it into rosin, but you could go and you know, and that's where, like you said, BHO has its place. Now I can go and clean it up and make that into like a, a different, a viable product that someone I'm might want to actually. I'm not a proponent of DRC, but yes, we can polish for example, <laughs> or you know, like some other product that you can use right. that material right. for. Yeah, it Make would be useful. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to put lipstick on the pig. Just kind of, you know, if you I make. Mean, I don't. I there might be people out there that do, but they, I'm not. Yeah, I'm that, sure there's I'm that, that, that fucking. I'm sure there's those people. There's a group out there for everything. Yeah, I mean, you'd be better off make making bacon and pork chops and you know Amen, appro- appropriate sellable products. Amen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is that appropriately sellable product? A little, tr- uh, that's a little gar- garlic punch left over. It's not trim rosin. No, fuck no. Oh, I thought you were busting out. No, Jesus. <laughs> Remini. It's showing us I didn't, how. I didn't, I didn't know I was insinuating that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, On that note, I mean, I'll go over there with that. Yes, fire in, fire out. If you want fire out, um, you can absolutely take an, an old bag of of anything, well, not anything, but you know, cannabis generally, as long as it contains trikes, and you can you can turn it into ash and you can turn it into rosin. Again, we're talking about polishing a turd, 
you know, um, and what level of the turd it is before we start polishing it. Um, but if it's good trim, I, I when I say good trim, I mean from a good plant, from a healthy plant, from a mature plant, from generally a, a plant that um, gives a lot of hash. So if we get good sugar leaf trim, you know, and I'm not talking about the big fan fucking leaves because that you're just not going to get anything viable from that. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And then if you know what you're doing um, with the variables of washing, you know, um, yeah, you can, you can turn some fire trim into some pretty goddamn good rosin. Yeah. So what are those, what do those steps look like? Because for me personally on a BHO level, I mean, my process doesn't change. It doesn't matter if it's trim. It doesn't matter if it's fresh frozen, the top grade A, just nothing but tops, right? It doesn't matter. It's all the same to me. It's literally fire in, fire out. So one of the steps, though, that I take in my process, regardless of what the material is, is keeping things super, super, super cold. And that tends to leave things like terpenes or like uh, fats, lipids, chlorophyll, and other things behind that tend to darken up the color. When it comes to something like a trim run that maybe is a little bit more matured and maybe a lot of amber heads, are you kind of just at that point that it just it is what it is and you're getting some darker hash? Or is there is there anything you can do to kind of blonde it up, if you will? No blonding. Yeah, yeah. no. There's I mean, there's generally no CRC tech. The only clean properly cleaned before you press it yeah the only color changing you're gonna and i gotta take this dab before it too long yeah. before it just falls <laughs> off my fucking dab tool it reminds me though <laughs> keep they keep turning it over here because it's so fucking yeah. sloppy well, do your dab. dripping like water i got a i got a story about you from a few years back where uh -oh. you had a bag that you were given that had been outside and you were told to wash uh -oh. it oh man and you washed it and you freeze dried it and it it produced, but it was like you said, it was what was it like? The terpenes were basically gone. Yeah, absolutely. Probably but, of dry hay. Yeah. yeah. But it More was definitely a product. I mean, you can you can get the trikes that were there and get the oil that was there. Yep, That's, absolutely. It's really what you were saying for girly, the, the process is just less agitation. You don't want to oh, yeah. shake it. You're because it's more brittle, older stuff will it's easier to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest variables for sure. Um, I would say prior to that, one of the biggest variables is how people are trimming, how they're handling their trim. What are they doing with it? Are they are they handling it such that it's or we're with the knowledge that it's going to a hash maker? Or are they just throwing in the garbage, stepping on it and then picking it up and giving it to you later? You know, what I'm well, saying? hold on, because I think everyone should harvest like they're harvesting for a hash maker. And what does that look like, Pedro? I mean, gent gently uh, harvesting gently, you know, and making sure that your that your trim material that you're going to be using is go going into preferably for me going into a garbage or a plastic bag of some sort, um, and then immediately as as soon as you can get it into the freezer. Um, and now that it, it it the process has changed a little bit from from half dry to now we start getting into you know are we are we taking the whole run so i guess we have to make the assumption that we're taking the whole run to flour and then just using the trim for hash the problem with that now we got now we're getting into more variables as to when we're going to take it what we're taking it for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if we have dried flour 
and we carefully trim it, send it to the rosin or the hash and rosin maker, you, number one, you've got dried trim. Yeah. So we're regardless of how good it is, there's how good your turd is. You've got dried trim, <laughs> you know. So is, does that mean horrible? No, but it it, it results in definitely um, a little bit more it's CBD. Different. It's just me, different. CBD. Yeah, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. Um. So now, yes. if we're going to be taking a plant, fresh frozen, fresh frozen doesn't get trimmed. So it's just you're all in. When I'm doing the half dry, well, when I'm doing anything, I'm just all in anymore. I don't. I, I think I just harvested and, and put some, left some flour on a, on a uh, hanger for Dizzy to trim up because she needed some flour. But other than that, I, I don't even think I have any flour on this desk. So when I go and harvest, I'm all in. Period. So the processes, I mean, they are a little bit different um, depending on what we're doing, you know. And I guess the only time we really are trimming is when we're taking our flour to flour. And then just making hash and rising out of the rest of it. Same, because I, I've got to ask for those of you on this panel and in chat and that are watching this later, throw it in the comments below. If I'm harvesting for fresh frozen because I'm either making live resin BHO or I'm making live rosin or something to that effect, everything that I trim off the plant is now, it's not a viable product, right? So if I'm Taking it off and and you know bucking it away from what I'm putting into that fresh frozen harvest, that is literally something that what I would consider as waste. So if it's not getting bucked off, it's probably got trichomes on it. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm doing a I'm not I'm not trimming as aggressively when I harvest for fresh frozen versus when I'm trimming for flour. Right. And when I trim for flour, I have a lot of leftover that personally that it gets thrown right back in the freezer and gets thrown into the food grade run, right? Versus if I'm trimming for trimming, quote unquote, for fresh frozen, there's nothing left over because anything that with trichome coverage on it is getting put into that freezer and getting extracted in that run, you know. I, I call but it trimming like versus versus manicuring. You know, you manicure when you're going to flower. That's where you're you're getting in there. You're really cleaning it up because you want the prettiest looking bud. Oh, we don't oh I was going to go the opposite way with that, Superior. I was thinking oh, manicuring really? was what I would do for fresh frozen and trimming is what I do on an end product. But you're saying the opposite. Yeah, that's how I'm and always. I think you're right. I think you're right. I just, I'm going to train my brain to think <laughs> that way, I think. <laughs> that's what's always just been in my head. Whenever people yeah. ask. I said I stopped manicuring weed like, what 10 years ago something yeah. like even when i was doing it for myself i i'd never trimmed like dispensary bud you know my trim so was always i almost think you could have like a like a lot of these commercial type people do they almost have like they have a, a trim right like they trim everything and then they have like a final manicure on it i almost feel like we're not really doing any either of those things if i'm harvesting for fresh frozen it almost seems like i'm just bucking you know right. what i mean you That's are true you are yeah. for me. Well, even when I do my half dry, it's harvest then buck, and yep. part of part of the harvest is getting rid of anything that doesn't have trikes. And I mean, and that includes the tips of of a lot of the sugar leaves and stuff. I'll I'll, I'll trim that up, if you will. But everything that I'm trimming off is not viable to me, except for compost pot, you know, mm -hmm. or more just yeah. mulch in my in my system. Um, same thing for fresh frozen. Now, if we're talking about going to flower and then trimming and this and that, I mean, 
just doesn't been there, have done that. Been there, done that. I just don't do it anymore. <laughs> exactly, right? I save so much time not having to sit there and trim everything down. Dude, oh. That's why I try to tell commercial girls. It's like, listen, guys, you don't have enough room in your your uh, your dry room because uh, uh, surprise, surprise, you guys didn't plan for a big enough dry room when you <laughs> built this commercial facility, you know, like everyone. <laughs> uh, guess what? You probably got enough room for freezers and some vac sealed bags to throw all your fresh frozen in. So just take that route. It's 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 cutting off two weeks of your time. You can immediately ship that product out of your facility to a processor. It's coming back as a, you know, hopefully a, a, a grade A product. Like it's it's just something totally different. Kind of throws off, um, you know, breaks up the logistical chain of things, and you don't have to be sitting on so much like inventory. You know, yeah, uh, and, and, and the inventory shelf quick. space is smaller. The shelf life is longer. I mean, yeah. everything about the final product is just better to have. It's just better. It's just, better. <laughs> it's just getting it down to concentrate. Once, once I was growing at home and, you know, recreational hit, I've always, I've always grown and I've grown big, but once rec hit and we were told 12 plants, I grew 12 plants every time yeah. I was flowering yeah. 12 plants. And then I ended up with three, you know, shelving units full of jars. I'm like I can't mm -hmm. see yeah. all this. This is stupid. Well, now in Michigan, there's there's literally no limit. It's just a misdemeanor. You can grow ten thousand plants, and it's just oh a really? I did not oh. know they changed that. I mean, don't hey, I'm not your lawyer, right? But, right. I'm not the lawyer here. We got. But those I'm pretty sure up. as of this year, uh, it's just a misdemeanor to grow as many Ask plants. My lawyer, as you because, Chat GPT. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Uh, I yeah. I'm gonna step away real quick for a quick second so I can actually okay. enjoy a smoke while I'm in this hotel. Uh, <laughs> but. I want to hear Pelly's uh, answer on to, you know, what is the most ideal way to harvest for brush frozen? You know, for what, if we're trying to maintain the essence of that plant that we're growing and put it into someone's dab rig through the process of, you know, extracting solventless hash, what does that look like from a grower's standpoint, not from a processor's? From a grower standpoint, because I think as a processor, this is my biggest challenge. The challenge is getting a grower to understand the best way to harvest it for me. It's like yeah. I'm trying to do the best I can with what you grew. But if you, you know, if you give it to me at the subgrade level of what I'm trying to do with it, then it, it, you're not helping. You know, I want to, I want to, I'm trying to give you the best product. So for you as like, if you were a grower, what would be your ideal kind of a harvest process? I'll be right back one branch at a time one bud at a time <laughs> yeah well, then my, my first my brain started going to well are we talking about a personal grower are we talking about a commercial grow yeah right? i mean there's big differences yeah and it just it's i would say like first question i would ask myself would be um what what product am i trying to make at the end of the day am i trying to make right. full melt like if it's full melt then i'm gonna obviously go to the 10th level of you know preservation i'm going to be in there with you know fine gloves and if anybody's got anything on their hands i'm slapping them on the hand you're touching the buds too much you know one thing i would always check is when i would come in the room and in the trim room if people have a lot of resin on their fingers and on their scissors it's like okay we have to have a talk you're you're being too aggressive with the buds and it's even your finger fucking it yeah it's even right. more even more important now with with solvent that was just for flour i was like dude you're fucking my flour up i grew it for three months and I, now for solventless it's like I, even more important yeah that's, so first 
thing we're yeah. after. <laughs> yeah. Ask what, what product are you going to make? And then I always try to do my best with the material every time. If the farmer's going to do this process, then you kind of have to trust that he's going to do his best as well. But my preference would be, let me come in and do it myself. I'm not going to charge you any extra. I'd rather just do it myself than have you do it and fuck it all up. I'll do it myself. I'll know I'll get a better product for myself, make more money for myself and for you. I'm not right. just thinking myself. Branch by branch when you, so, so like taking a branch off, completing the entire process and getting that branch into the freezer then, right? Yeah. If you go in and you chop that base of that plant and you hang the thing upside down, you drag it out of there, you're raping the whole yeah, who the fuck does that? I mean, I've seen crazy oh things. Yeah. yeah, and and that's so, just that is not knowing what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, you just and and don't, for, don't for flour, for extracts, for anything. That's you don't know what you're doing. Don't know what you're doing. Don't don't vacuum bag down your shit. You want to have like super gentle, you know, laying the buds into the bag when you're bucking them in there you're, you're not pushing the bag down you're we buck let, them into big big bins big uh plastic uh, bins 20 20 gallon bins with the with the Hard. garbage bag strips over so the top that's the yep. way to do it nice yep. and preserved yeah. I, like when i first started watching um people making you know solventless back in the day one of the first people that i came on was uh was jungle boys you know mm -hmm. love to hate them but they were going to the next level, dude, with those bins. And I was like, they're fucking chasing the quality. That's like when yeah. I was like, oh, these guys are thinking about it in a different way. They're not just bucking the shit into a bag. You know, have a yeah. little dry ice at the, bottom, uh, at the bottom of your bag, too. Helps if, if you're yep. using those bins. Put some dry ice under the bag, and it'll help freeze the bud at the bottom. As you're putting stuff on top, it doesn't crush it down. Yeah, man, so, there's so, so many little tricks. That looks sitting, good. Out there in the, sitting out there in the snow. <laughs> oh, shit. Where are you? Where Where are you guys? It's cold there, huh? He's of Michigan. Well, actually, uh, I don't no, know. Went, Michigan. Went, I'm down in Chicago way right now. Oh, but yeah, Chicago. Down yep. in Chicago. It's literally snowing on my uh, keyboard right now. Yeah, they're that. actually going to get more snow downstate. So I'm in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So I'm uh, up where we're supposed to be buried in snow. And we've got an inch on the ground and nothing more. So yeah. we're, they're going to get buried in the next week downstate and we're going to get nothing. <laughs> so weird, the weather right now. So I kind of I kind of want to jump in right there and answer that a little bit there before yeah. we get into, I want to throw this back to Pele here in a second. The big variable between my, my brain, because I've done both, is the commercial versus the personal aspect, you know? And from a grower's standpoint, growing... There should be absolutely no fucking difference whatsoever. The only variable at the end there would be when you harvest. But through the growing process, there should be absolutely no fucking difference whatsoever. Yeah. When it comes to the harvesting, generally, you know, on a personal level, I'm going to do it with myself or a couple of buddies. So it's very easy to, to, to keep, a, keep an eye on everything and just kind of control everything. On a commercial level, you kind of got to go in. And unfortunately, you got to start making some concessions because when you start talking about taking down hundreds upon hundreds of fucking plants, 500,000 grams in a fucking harvest. You one know? branch at a time. It's, yeah, and you got to yeah. take it one branch at a time. So, and, and then if we, my God, if we throw in a half dry, fucking, that just, <laughs> oh my God, blows the whole thing up. But you got to go in and you got to make some concessions because they're not going to stand there and, and cut 
every yeah. bud off the fucking branch. It yeah. doesn't make dollars. It doesn't make sense, you know? No. So unfortunately, they they do as the best they can with the bins and everything. Like we've went through that. But one of the biggest things that I don't like in, in the bucking process is the automatic bucker. Yeah. Where they feed a branch into the machine and it yeah. just pops them off, you know? That's, yeah. Because because like you're talking about with the hands, with the fingers, with the scissors and everything, you want to be as gentle as possible. You don't want to be just kind of pop those fuckers <laughs> off, you know? Fuck just, no. it, when I saw that the very first time, it hurt me. Oh, dude. But I understand it's just a it's a the, the cost of doing business. Yeah. So you know? the the thing that I love about what you're saying is that in solventless, the guys that do that are gonna have different products than the guys that do one butt at a time. And there's always gonna be a room for the guys that do that do the high quality, and there's always gonna be that space for the you know, it's Bud Light and it's fucking right. Samuel exactly. Adams. It's like right. There's always going to be that, and there's no like faking the funk. There's no like hiding it and then going, I'm going to CRC it and tell them it was fire and fire out. But yeah. really, I just did a little bit of CRC. So, come on, man, just be honest. And that's where like solventless is really just, you can't, you can't, lay it on the line. Yeah, you can't bullshit us. It's like, it's the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. There, so, there's a lot of science and there's a lot of artistry. In yeah. Solventless. Yeah. And, and, and I think know, this all ties in my next year. Just right. I yeah. think this all, all ties into my next question is what is Pele Paver Pele Paver Pele Polaire? And I think I need to <laughs> the French version. <laughs> what does Pele Polaire provide and why? Oh uh, yeah, dude. Um so the jacket and, and where and where the fuck can we find you? Give, give that shout out real quick while we got a bunch of people in here. Um Instagram online, call my phone. Uh Pele underscore Polaire, Pele dash Polaire. Pele underscore Polar. Um, that's my Instagram. Polar? Why do I call it Polar? Polar. I've always Polar. said it. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, I don't know. The hashish, <laughs> the the Shogram from Hashish Inn pronounces it really, really good. It's, is he's got this Italian rule yeah. to it, man. Pele Polar. And I'm Pele like, Polar. That's perfect, man. I need to get you on the commercial. Can you just record that real quick for me? Yeah, it's Italian. So like, it, and my last name's Caldwell, and people have always fucked it up my whole life. And then I pick a name that's hard to pronounce for my business. What the fuck is wrong with me, dude? I should have picked something easier. But you know, the whole thing started from the jackets, and that whole reason the jackets came along was because that's I started washing trim, and I was like how can I get a better quality product? And I stumbled onto the answer one night when I ran out of ice in my garage in SoCal. And I was like, how am I going to keep this water cold in this machine? I grabbed this pink shit that I had from Home Depot for the hot water heater and wrapped it around my machine. And I'm like, it's kept it cold. Dope. I want to make something that's a little nicer than this pink shit. So that's my first product was the jacket that you got, Pedro. That was one of my, my that was my first product. And that was how I unlocked like the whole ice free tech and got a much better product out of my trim without the ice in there. Oh yeah. I, I was actually looking through my photos and back in May of 2020, I sent you dimensions of the five gallon washer. And then like seven days later, you sent me my, my jacket. Oh, Dude. And, and then in August, I did a test out in my driveway where I filled it with ice and RO water temperature. And I ran, I set the washer to run nonstop and it took an hour and a half for the ice to even start melting. I love it, dude. I love it. Out yeah, in 80 that. degree sun. It was awesome. It's hey. it's one. Yeah. I did that test. Like when I first made the jackets, I was like, I got to do a side-by-side -side ice bucket with 
the jacket and one without the jacket. And yeah, oh, yeah. I, it works. I've the, yeah. I've got the data for a washer with nothing, a washer with bubble insulation wrapped, and then the, your Fuck jacket. Yeah. That was what, you know, started the company. And then everyone yeah. was like, okay. You know, Dude, Superior Buds is the, uh, from my perspective, the only one that's a proponent of Iceless because he talks about it more than anybody else I do or I know and he, he talks about it in a way that is convincing and to me made sense yeah to me from a and this is coming from a BHO perspective but a, a BHO perspective that is trying to produce the best possible product without CRC and these other contaminants is yeah <laughs> let's not add any more contaminants even if that water is frozen from the same source of water that is going into that washer like why mix up the variables if you can keep that temperature the same in the water and the fact that you're able to keep that temperature below freezing without it being frozen because you're you know you're agitating it that just makes sense to me so yeah like let's go down that road you know like let's try to attack that in a, in a way that we're you know separating trichomes without you know beating them up like that just makes more sense to me you know from a purity like standpoint i'm, I'm gonna piss on you guys in the shower and tell you that i still think <laughs> you guys <laughs> oh pelle you're muted buddy that's all right you are muted down there brian you're muted <laughs> brian you're muted bro <laughs> we, can, we cannot fucking hear you man <laughs> There he is. There he is. It was always a battle with guys that were using ice. It was like, you know, I, I get it where you guys are. I, I was a student of the same education, you know, or however you want to say it. I don't know the right acronym to put on there or whatever. But um, I thought I needed the ice, too, until I didn't have it. And I got a, a good yield. And I was like, OK, and the quality is even better. So the ice just isn't knocking off the heads the cold water is keeping it cold and then i you know you break down the science like you guys are doing and it just makes sense like why why what am i fighting me was was frenchy saying we're not using the ice for the shearing factor we're using the vortex of the water yep. yeah and for me that just did it for me i'm like well i don't need ice then i can keep the water cold that's easy enough once once i went yeah, stainless <laughs> Yeah. yeah, once I went stainless. Once I when I was in plastic, it was a no-go. Um so what is that? Just the the thermal capacity? Like what, what is the science behind the way that? it transfers the the cold through it holds it better longer it, uh, or, or transfers it. Steel, well, both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Steel steel won't um transfer heat as as quickly. It's not a, a heat loss transfer. Um right. Material. You get it cold, it's gonna stay cold. Higher R value, yeah. You get it cold, it stays cold. So um, my part of my the reason for asking that is how much of the blood is smacking against the side of the steel as it spins around this vortex. I mean, and the reason I ask that is is that enough to act as that ice? You know what I mean? You don't need the vortex either, right? You just need a little bit of a little bit of just the agitation, just like motion. 
Yeah, it's like your your neck is fucking. Just imagine your neck is fragile, and someone just comes by and elbows you gently in your body. Your, neck, your head's gonna bust off, you know. And that's <laughs> all right. I've I've got a question for all of you solving this, guys. All three of you guys on this channel. With a show of your shoulders, how much agitation do you need? Oh man, variables. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, no, show me with your shoulders. How much? What wash? Oh, what wash? You want the little wiggles? Is it like this? You on the first one? Like this? No, 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 not like this. We're not trying to washing machine over here. Man, you're starting to make my nipples hard. I feel like I should be throwing dollars over here. No shit, right? No I mean, I'll take them. So let me go back to real quick. Like I said, I was first, pissed on you in the shower. Is it first wash or second wash, man? If you're going yeah, no shit, first right. wash, it's always the first wash. We're going for quality. So, <laughs> I, so I told you guys that I, you know that I was pissing on you in the shower. I figured I'd explain the rest of that. Um, <laughs> I do use ice, but I generally don't use ice in my washing machine. Yeah, okay. I will keep the ice, okay. the water cold. Uh, with ice because you know generally in, in the in the summertime now in the in the wintertime right now i just turn my i just turned the free the the uh, air conditioner on it's already 35 no big deal um but in the summertime yeah you gotta you you do unfortunately use a lot of ice uh in keeping your water cold right. now i will say that once my water is cold it's usually you know in that 32 to 35 degree range um when i throw um the flower in and it's already spinning I will drop a few ice cubes in there just to get the ice, just to get the water a little colder. Yeah. Um, but on that note, um, I, on that note, and I think this is where the perfect little uh, turnover is to the piece that you sent me, Brian, when we're talking about the five gallon washers, because the five gallon washers, the only real way that you can manipulate the agitation is to fill it up more with water or less, you know, it's, well, yeah, or, or the or ice, more flour. Yeah, yeah. The ice used to be like your brakes on the system. Yeah, should be. Yeah, that used to. Well, that was just stupid. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> above and beyond that. Oh, hold on. Can Can you explain that, Pedro? I I don't. As as a non ice hash maker guy, I don't think I understand what exactly you just said. Okay. I think he's getting to the explanation. Okay. Yeah, I it's apologize. okay. No, I'll, I'll go back in a little bit because I, I understand what you're saying. So <clears throat> most of us at home guys, most of the guys that have watched the, the video with Build a Soil, most of the guys that are doing this at home are using a five-gallon washer, one, two, three, four, five, whatever, how many five-gallon washers they're using. Now, these five-gallon washers, you've seen them before 100 times. Just go to Amazon, type in five-gallon washer, and, and it'll come up. You know, it's, it's, it's the Costway five-gallon washer, modified a little bit. The problem with that washing machine is when you put the water in and every you turn on and it goes. There's no like, hey, slow down, Mr. Agitator at the bottom, you know. So the only way that you can kind of manipulate that a little bit is by adding more or less water and more or less flour and more or less ice, I guess. So it makes it kind of struggle a little bit to yeah yeah I mean okay, yeah okay. If, I mean if you're spinning Close if you're down. spinning a cup of water at the bottom it's gonna fucking flip it around but if you're spinning <laughs> like three to five gallons worth of water in there it's yeah. not going to spin it as much okay but I've always noticed and I actually used one of these before that I just purchased randomly but I've always thought and noticed man especially after using the the uh, the Osprey at work there's got to be a way to slow this down yeah. There's gotta Can be I take a, a guess? Is that a fan speed? No, does that actually Volt's, work? Volt is regular, yeah. I believe, right? Not yeah, the fan. It works. 
The fan speed one don't work. It's a special one that I have. Okay, to okay. Buy like I remember having things. a problem with a couple of them that didn't work. I had to find yeah. one that eventually worked. Uh, I was literally sitting here laughing. Like I'm like, oh, man, this sounds like my second grow where I had to turn the fan down because it was just right. sucking like my 10 in and like collapsing my 10. I'm like, maybe that would work. I didn't well, you got to remember, <laughs> you got to remember when we're talking and, and I mean, I hate to say that on this level because most of our viewers are on this level. You know, yeah, this is sure. where everybody is at is they buy the five gallon washer. We don't generally have the money to buy a great big, the Osprey for stainless right, yeah, $15,000 yeah. or some shit, you know, 25. There, yeah, I, I, there we go. I think I we bought it was fifteen, but yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why. And here's another segue: is to you have options more than the five gallon washer. There's, and I've always thought this before too. There's got to be something between the five gallon washer and the twenty fucking thousand dollar machine over here. Yeah. So who does that? Where are they? Pelly Pilar. There we go. I love the oh. segue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So tell me, what do you got? What What's the thing? What, is, what do you do? How do you do it? Why do you do it? That's where I want to go. Why do I do the, the equipment? No. What? Well, what? first of all, what do you have available that's in the middle of all this bullshit? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I started out where, where a lot of us started out with a five gallon machine i had one of those and then i got two of those and then i got the 20 gallon thing and then you know one of the reasons why i do a lot of the equipment that i do is because i can't find what i want out there anywhere else so i'm like all right like now i gotta do this myself i have a platform you guys that support me to you know i know with confidence if i make something somebody's gonna buy a few of them so it's not gonna cost my whole wallet to build one of them you know how it is if you're just one off in something so um, the the stainless steel thing is expensive. Obviously, it's big. It's it's motorized. It's twenty five k. I have systems that are expensive as well. Um, the five gallon machine, the twenty gallon machine, they're plastic. They're bottom end vortex driven machines. I've always been a proponent of top end agitation. If you guys want to talk about that more, we could. But I, I'm a proponent of that. So what I'm what I've done is I've taken my Reaper. And I've taken the guts of it and made it so that I can clamp it on to anybody's barrel, right? So if you, whatever barrel you got, if you got a brute plastic barrel, we, we can make you a ring to go around the top of that. And my mini reaper sits on top of that. It's going to probably be like five or six K and it'll work on any size barrel. I see you got we're, my, we're going we're, we're gonna to be talking by the way, you know this, right? Anytime you guys need anything, my door is wide open. I'm, um, you know, I don't want to, Put any pressure on anybody to I'm a, yes, you, yes you do that's why you're here no hey, pressure man, promote that shit. hey where can we find you brian pelly player i'll step in right now where can we find you instagram Fuck website hey, you all that shit let's go no pressure sales tactics man if you guys need it i'm here yep. if you don't want it i'm not gonna hate you but, but where can we find it you gotta yeah. tell us where we can because i'm it. seeing a lot of people in chat right now being like that's exactly what i wanted to know fucking pedro thank you for asking that question yeah the, the speed control the jackets the drain kits for the machines all the false bottoms all that stuff it's all on my website um the instagram if you guys need to ask me questions or anything like that just shoot me a dm and i can point you in the right direction and what's send you the links. website and what's the instagram the website is uh pelepolarco.com excellent uh, and your instagram 
And the Instagram is Pele underscore Polar. And if you're just listening, it's P-E-L-L-E underscore P-O-L-A-R-E. But if you're watching, you just look right under his name. It's there. <laughs> yeah. And we got, you know, equipment for the home level guys all the way up to the full on commercial level. So what, so in terms of like washer sizes, what are we talking like five gallon to 50 gallon or what? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do anything uh, below under 30 gallons, I would say just stick with your five and 20 gallon size, you know, bubble magic machines. And then when you're ready to level up, you're going to take your business to that next level. Then it makes more sense to invest in some stainless steel gear. Um, you know, think about how long it's going to take you to pay some of these investments off. I wouldn't say for anyone to go right out and buy full on automated gear and then Especially go into- this time. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got guys sending me their business plans, and it's like this is. It looks like a beautiful lab, dude. Don't get me wrong; it's like a million dollar beautiful. Three years ago. But yeah, I mean, it's going to take you in this climate like five, six, maybe seven years to pay that off, and then maybe make some money after maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. dial back, start small, work your way up the ladder, and I and I want to work with you up that ladder. Hell yeah, I like that, man. I'll build build with you. I'm small, um, family run operation, just like a lot of guys. And uh, how many employees, even even including part time? Like how many people you got working? I got uh, my art, yeah, I got a couple artists that I work with consistently. Um, I have a couple engineers that I work with consistently, and I okay. have a couple of fabric fabrication guys. Okay. So I rely on on partners, and um, the rest of the shit I juggle. Yeah, I feel you, dude. It's it's hard being an entrepreneur, and you want to you know think that you can do everything yourself, but ultimately, in terms of like uh, scalability, expanding, doing anything more than what you you know you're capable of yourself, you have to rely on other people. So it's good to see that you're doing that, especially with engineers and shit. Like I said, these engineer dudes, they're they're important. We're dudes. I'm to work with too. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah. They're so antisocial. I don't get it. It's the ones that like smoke weed and don't mind getting paid a few bills on, on some hash. Those are the ones I need around me. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yeah, they're there. all like, no, it's 15,000 K for me to engineer that for you. And I'm like, Whoa, dial it back, bro. I'm just a small time hash. Like I, I just make hash. Mm. And I- 15,000 minus how many grams? Yeah. <laughs> bro, I'm out. Is that cobra milk? Like that I, cobra I, milk, fucking it just if you just saw it about fell off my dab tool, but shit, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> oh, it's all good, man. That's perfectly okay, man. It looked like a real good one. <laughs> yeah, she's a it's a knockout, it's jealousy cross with um cereal milk. And I got the cut from my boy Spartan Grown here in Michigan. Um, is an ex-commercial grower going back to the caregiver side of things. Um probably does 12 hours at minimum of podcasting a week. And uh, one of those is MBGS, the Michigan Bros Grow Show with me on uh, Sunday nights and then the late session Monday nights. And I was talking on Monday and I'm just like, hey, man, like, I'm like, I love the fruity pebbles flavor, like the cereal, like just fake, anything like that. Fake yeah. Fruit. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Oh, he's like, actually, I got a strain like that right now. You might like, and I don't even know if he had flowered it at that point. He just kind of like did the stem rub thing, you know? And uh, so he sent it my way, you know, just handed it, literally handed it to me uh, in a cup. And I've been propagating it and growing it. And yeah, that's the result of it. It's just like a seriously like 
cereal fruit. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like that cereal, man. It's like a cereal. That's that's awesome, dude. Like having those special, unique terp profiles. Um, that's how you stand out in the industry right now. Well, and the I was getting all of it out of the jar, though. <laughs> Good wet one, huh? Yeah, I feel like I got to go in with a with a piece of bread and like. Dude, yeah, you gotta find a, a dry rosin and soak up those turps. Yeah, no that's a good idea. I got some. Ooh, that's that's happening, bro. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's the way it. to do it. It's honestly, happening. like that's what it's there for. But yeah, that. So, oh wait, dude, I'm about to, I'm about to piss on everybody's milk because <laughs> this is, this is fucking not saltness, and this is saltiness. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, uh, you're gonna fuck up the space-time <laughs> continuum or something. The quantum That's fucking like fucking it up. Screams, man. Dude, I got this uh, mechan—it's uh, a centrifuge separated fucking terpenes that are like. Oh, that's oh, that's wild. For Grolly already has too many like, terpenes in his shit, so mutagenic type shit. I. I dip the dry shit in here every now and then just to get some of these yeah i was just looking yeah. at centrifuges the other day because i saw the the separation tech i was like that's kind of yeah you saw yeah i got you cool it's cool to fuck with i mean all the little yeah. things little art, artisanal kind of things you can do you don't know right, what's man. gonna come of it so it's like yeah. it's neat to experiment I, it i may waste 500 bucks buying it and playing with it but a couple dude, of times. But. 500 bucks. I mean, you make your, your, your money back off of what, like seven to 10 runs. You know what I mean? And dude, if, if you don't like it, at least you didn't spend it on a fucking Xbox game and you sat there staring <laughs> at it for fucking 17 days. Producing absolutely nothing but revenue for someone else. Fortnite yeah, kids, man. Oh, some fucking Fortnite personal kids. anger right there, bro. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm a video game addict. <laughs> it's a problem. I, I've never I gone just, into that much. I just set up my brand uh, new gaming rig. It's oh, nice. Kind oh, of a monster. Boy, yeah. this, is, <laughs> this is much. How many gigabytes of RAM you got over there? 128. Okay. Okay. He's doubling what I got. I and stopped I it. I had a rig. I stopped Wait, it. I think I have a. Wait, what? DDR what, though? And I swear oh, to God, I the top of the line is I'm, right I'm now. I'm gonna boot you off. <laughs> I quit at PS3, man. The, the addiction got too strong. I was like, I gotta put this damn thing down. Yeah, actually, I just <laughs> booted up my PS3 for the first time in about ten years the other day. <laughs> it works good for Blu-rays. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the the last reason I think I had it running was for Blu-rays. Yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah. that long since I've had a streaming service. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Find better hobbies. You know, yeah, the centrifuge is fun to play with, and like you said, who knows what could come out of it? Yeah, yeah, all right, just uh, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, no, I, I also was gonna say, uh, wh what was your other new tech? Because I know you've got a couple of other new things there, um, beyond just washing and good call, good call. Yeah, the centrifuge thing is something I've been playing with, um, the decarb device. Yep. Uh, is kind of unlocking some doors. What I mean, what, is, what do you what mean? Is that? What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. What uh, do you mean there? P 
piqued your interest. Well, talk to talk to these people out here like they have no fucking idea what they're talking what you what you're talking about. I, I've never it's seen a decarb vessel before. What does that mean? Don't you just throw it in a jar and putting the lid on something about the oven at 225? 250 degrees at like 15 minutes, something right? It's just it's sim simple, right? So going to college, I learned how to make cool flyers like this. That college oh, yeah, education's dude. paying off like a motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. I mean, decarbon is basically what we have to do with our rosin to be able to get into a pen, so we could do our travel pens. And um, everyone puts their jars into a fucking. It sucks oven. for Groly. I know. Every time I, every time they do it to my rosin, I'm like, you fuckers. But yeah. Uh, and you know, I'm over here in my house. I'm making carts, a couple hundred at a time. Uh, the things in my kitchen, because I got to watch it. My kids are sleeping. I'm worried at night. I got to get up every few hours and reset the timer and all this shit. So um, I worked with this guy, Andrew from Sample Automation. He's a real smart engineer. And I said, This is what I want. Can you build it for me? And he built this fucking dope ass thing. We went through prototyping for like a year. Um, and basically like, instead of putting my rosin into a toaster oven and watching bubbles, I'm using a uh, computer, I'm using software, I'm using sensors to track the variables in that jar. And then I'm able to use that data to then make changes to the temperature. If I want to crash and do jams, I would make changes. Uh, oh, so this isn't just a, this isn't just a, an edible type decarb thing we're trying to do no because you have to do a partial decarb to do your jams and diamonds and you have to do a full decarb to do your carts so depending on the product that you want to make the system has um, a use for both products and it just really refines the process so now i'm able to like do some coas on material that i ran in a toaster oven and material that i ran in my reactor and i can see a higher level of preservation of the material and that's my goal all the time is how can I preserve a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And next thing you know, I'm up here on the ladder because I didn't cut all those other little corners all along the way. And instead, I really pay attention to the to the variables and the details, the minute little differences. What are those data. variables that you're watching in that process? The bubbles um, were really the only variable that we're able to use as a visual indicator for for doneness um what percentage of the decarb has taken place certain percentages you need to change that temperature like i'm saying to to jams and diamonds um if i'm trying to do carts i'm looking for visual cues like no more bubbles mm -hmm. And that could be really deceiving because a lot of guys think, oh, it's, it's done. It's ready. There's no more bubbles. And then they go and make pens and the material will either harden in the pen and won't work or it'll crash out in the pen and won't work. So if you don't get that decarb just right, then you have issues down the road. Um, and that's what happens if you over decarb it. And what does that look like? Darkened rosin and, uh, and you end up over um cooking it you'll end up with a popcorn flavor you off gas terpenes that you don't want to off gas okay you don't have the level of preservation you've gone too far you've overcooked the souffle would you call that a grandma's cabin flavor <laughs> yeah i guess that's a good yeah <laughs> 
that's a good uh this is good nomenclature for sure i'm glad i'm glad that caught on for you because i've said that a few times to people they look at me like i'm from a different planet (laughs) but if you know what that means then you've tasted it before and um that's often what i experience which is a kind of a disappointing thing for me yeah uh because you know my whole thing is like preserving the essence of the plant as it is on the day of harvest and if i'm not able to bring those terpenes that are in that plant into whatever device you're inhaling it from right it kind of like i feel like i haven't really done my job or i'm just creating a different product i guess at that point and that's what one of the things that irks me about the rosin process in terms of putting it into pens is the fact that you have to decarb it and pisses me off too yeah it's it's kind of frustrating (laughs) you know what i mean like there's got to be a better way is all i'm thinking about it yeah um there's a there's other ways to do it too like guys are doing mechanical separation and and taking the terpenes and putting them aside and then they're taking right. the thca and decarbon just that and then yeah. decombining. and i've actually found that if you do the the if you used our system you'd get a better result than even doing that but now the centrifuge tech maybe taking that up another another level because to do the mechanical separation you have to be on the plates for a certain amount of time on heat so you're degrading those terpenes already mm-hmm. if Big i can time. use that centrifuge to separate the terpenes you know without the heat With no heat right now i can take those perfectly preserved terpenes take the thca decarb that and then recombine it and then step it up step it up that's where I thought the that the 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 tech that I think it was low temp showed um, by recapturing the terpenes that were lost or or, or that were off gassed in the in the process of freeze drying you know and and melting and then recollecting and then you know letting them settle and separate and well, yeah I, it was a very cool process. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the freeze dryer. Yeah, the freeze dryer water, the freeze dryer. Uh, right. uh, that's ice, another. You know? Yeah, that's another whole part of the process that if you can up that level of preservation, like we're talking about decarbing, mm-hmm. and, and that's what this system is for. The the freeze dryer. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's a completely different system, yeah. but it's just separating those 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 terpenes without heat or with this. I know the freeze dryer has a little bit of heat, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So let's let's stay on the on the the decarbing side of things for a moment because yeah, agreed. when we talked with Bubble Man, he I mean he showed us a picture and I've I've talked about it myself how I, I essentially grew I'm gonna get this wrong and I would say it wrong. I think stalagmites, there's stalagmites and stalactites. There's the ones that grow from the top. I've grown diamonds tight. from the top <laughs> of my yeah, tight. I, I've grown stalactite THCA diamonds with terps dripping off them from the top of my vessel that I, I, you know, create sauce in. Um, this, this vessel itself typically doesn't get over 75 degrees. At the same time, the solution itself is probably rocking at like 50 degrees uh, because it's mostly solvent and that I, you know, the butane, propane, those, a lot of those things are boiling off at, you know, 15, 20 degrees or so. Um, so to keep it liquid, you're kind of, you have to keep it in that form basically what he was saying is you're re you're able to recollect if you're not opening that vessel you're recollecting all those off gas terpenes and they're going to re you know uh, recondensate and fall back into the solution do you agree 
I see that happening with my system for sure. Doesn't mean it's not going to change them though. Just like it think, that's, I, that's I, that's where I always I'm think about. It. I always think about it like an egg, right? An egg is sealed, and at one temperature, it's this, and and yeah. there's nothing that has done left left the egg, but from fucking out of the chicken, from out of the boiling water, there's a whole big yeah. ass difference in yeah. taste and consistency and everything. That's Nothing's 15. left the fucking egg. <laughs> yeah, Even consumption, know? like yeah, so, yeah. The, During the decarb process, like you're you're molecules literally breaking like the the thca is breaking off the a and it's releasing the co2 bond and the co2 releases as a gas right so that's why you see like a 10 percent loss when you do the decarb that's all the co2 that was a solid and then you cooked it and turned it into a gas and it went bye-bye so that chemical reaction happens and then like you're saying like who knows what other chemical reactions are happening in there whenever you cook it or add heat it definitely changes profiles and i've i've de- i've noticed like even doing the true cold cure big difference in flavor from if you if you use some heat to force that cure mm-hmm. well, and we've it, talked about variables but, there before yeah but i think what's, it's interesting though like <laughs> heat, heat changes flavor for sure you know, going where Pedro was saying, we, if we were to collect the terpenes from the freeze dryer runoff, save those, and then you press your rosin, then you run the centrifuge tech, you separate, you keep those terpenes, you reintroduce with the other ones, then you take the THCA and run it through the reactor, and you You're decarb there. Yeah. Then you reintroduce the terpenes after you've decarbed. Now you haven't degraded your terp. You know, it, it, that's why it's interesting to see all these different techs coming. Spear yeah. buds, that's literally what my thought process was for making an edible that tasted like the plant because there was no way to do it without removing the terpenes completely before i decarb the thc because if i or thca i should say because if i didn't decarb the thca uh without the terpenes removed i would have just burned off the terpenes and whether or not i burned them off all doesn't matter because i would have been changing the flavor profile regardless by cooking even some of them. Yeah, let's so not let's not say my... cooking them off, let's say changing them. Ch- yeah, mutilating. I was Yeah, they're not going anywhere. The they're just changing big <laughs> time. Certain strains are not good to decarb and don't translate well into a into a cooked product. Uh, this mm-hmm. fucking one that I have right now, sherb cake is great as rosin. As soon as I put it into a pen, it's just got this weird funk to it that I don't like. I'll tell you what the um, I grow a lot of like hazy type varieties, um, most almost entirely because that's what I like and that's what my you know that's just what works for me. Um, in particular, happens to be the, by the way. <laughs> there you go. That's actually one of the the ones that's not uh, very similar to the rest of them, even though it does have the fruit. Um, most of the varieties I grow are very high in terpinaline. And so it's, it turns out to be a very particular terpene that I really like, you know, it, yeah. the profiles might be different, but they all kind of are very similar in the end. It's like an orange, it's a lime, it's a citrus of something or another. And it's, it turns out they're kind of all just those hazy type varieties. Yeah. Um, now okay. I've taken some of those extracts that I've grown fresh frozen, processed fresh frozen and tried to, you know, sign seal delivering you know hold on to if you will 
And three, four years later, you know, they, uh, if not frozen, um, if not vac sealed, they will have some sort of maturation process. And that maturation process does change the flavor. Now, I want to put the caveat in there. If you do vac seal them and if you do freeze them, I swear, I four or five years later, I've tested it that far later, and they do not change a, a damn bit. But if you're not removing the oxidation process and you're not removing the um, you know maturation process, that will happen, and it does change flavor. Yeah, it doesn't matter what strain it is, what variety it is, uh, or what process it is. It seems like it, it, as long as that exists in nature after it's been processed, it's going to mature, it's going to ripen. Um, and all that being said, I notice a difference. If, if I give it, I don't know, maybe 12, 18 months, it's somewhere in that range, like six months, I don't notice a difference. 12 months, like maybe if it wasn't stored in a cool, dry area, you know, but at a certain point, I'm going to notice a difference. And it, it seems to me like they all kind of mature to a different thing. And I don't know if it's like all my hazy varieties kind of mature into a certain thing and all the kind of OGs, maybe all the cams, like all the, all the diesels. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe you guys can help me out here, but it seems like they all like mature to a next step, whatever that next step is from what they came from. It's like its own separate staircase. What yeah. are we talking about? It's definitely, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's just a fruit that's ripening, man. Like a, like a banana. You know? That's what it seems like to me. You know what I mean? And and bananas are different from apples and pears, and they're all kind yeah. of all fruits. It's just like it's just like a fine just... wine. After a while, it just slightly shifts. I don't know. Yeah. Some of them I like early. Some of them I like well, well cured. Yeah, and that's why I was with my flower too. Yeah, and everybody's everybody's different. Like Pedro uh, was doing the uh, Turp Wars review stuff, and like uh, part of the thing that I love about those is you get to experience rosins and 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 hash from different places that you may never have smoked before and if you're doing a judging thing it's cool because you get to expose yourself to that you notice your body receives certain ones differently and mine will be different than yours yours will be different everyone likes it a little bit that's why sativa and indica is bullshit so bullshit yeah and it's just and the flavors of life the flavors of weed it's really cool Everybody's got their own favorite. Yeah. All right. But I, I, we're, we're all, I got, I got to step in here. We're, uh, we're over an hour in (laughs) and I can't wait any longer. Ryan, I need you to define hash for us. Oh boy. Here we go. Define hash. Oh, um, Mm. yeah. I put together this little thing in the front of my little book. Uh, and it's, it's the ultimate culmination, right? Of the grow of every part of the process and it's the ultimate expression of all that goes into it hash is um just the culmination of that whole it's it's conducting it's the culmination and the expression of the plant i find yeah. like that a lot actually yeah. that might, might be the best answer we've gotten yet <laughs> and and i forget how i worded it in the book it's like it's like it's like conducting a symphony right and if you can if you can control all those moving parts and all those little pieces and you can, at the end of the day, create that beautiful masterpiece, that's the ultimate hash. 
I so mean, I don't me, know if you actually defined hash, but that was beautiful, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. That's where I was going with that. So let me clarify a little bit of the question. Um, but that was absolutely beautiful because I think that that after what you just after what you're about to answer, that would be the best answer. <laughs> um, is is BHO hash? Is rosin hash? Is what where what is hash? When somebody says, "Hey, man, let's go smoke some hash," what am I going to smoke? Uh, what are you going to, like? What is your definition of hash? Yeah, that's when some. It's a general term that all those products lie under. And and some, if someone says to me, "Let's go smoke some hash," I start asking questions because <laughs> I know it could be know. any. Of the, it could be any of those things. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's like when anybody comes to me for anything, I immediately I start asking questions. I want. What is your definition? Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. want to know what when your I say for me, when I say, "Bro, let's go smoke some hash." What are you wanting <laughs> to go smoke? If I invited you to go smoke some hash. There you go. What I would offer you would be the best solvent-free product that I could offer you. <laughs> product, but does it have to stop at? Does it go to rosin? Is rosin hash? Yeah, it's it's pressed, it's loose resin. <laughs> loose resin. I could I could take distillate, make it into an edible, and it's going to be solvent-free. Loose resin is hash. Rosin <laughs> is hash. BHO resin, rosin distillate. Oh could be considered hash but what i would offer you would be my solvent free um you know organic single source small batch hash hash not not rosin not rosin i would i would offer it would be it would be full okay. melt yeah full melt beautiful. okay okay beautiful okay yeah, then this would be, let's go smoke some rosin, rosin. like let's bust out yep. the rosin. we can smoke hash rosin we can smoke right. hash rosin you know we can, you know, uh, yeah, and, and we've asked this question on the show so many times because it's a tricky one. It is kind of a trippy one, right? Like, where like does that. hash stop or where does it begin? Or yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, where, because I've had people, you know, let's go sit down and smoke some hash. And, and like you said, when you're saying it just socially and whatnot, it, it can mean any number of things, you know. And I guess if you're going to sit down at a general, general sesh, I mean, I don't know. The the reason I ask this question is honestly is it's a it's a it's a, a bit of a uh, fight back against the the hype of solventless because what I hear often now is the quote unquote hash heads considering solventless rosin as hash and nothing else okay. and it's become this like elitist thing yes and I want. The, the reason I ask, it's fine however you, however you want to define it, however the people in chat want to define it, however we here as panelists, however, you know, that's that's totally acceptable. My kind of definition is it's just the resin that's produced by the cannabis plant. It doesn't matter how you collect it. Um, but that's why I want to define it for people because a lot of different people with a lot of different experience define it a lot of different ways. Yeah. And we all might have our singular definition for it, but none of us are really here <laughs> in a position to make that call. No. But that's part of the fun of the experiment. It's it just is. seeing how all of us define it, you know. So I appreciate you answering that for us. Oh, no problem. No problem. I'm I'm a freaking snob, dude. So <laughs> hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love BHO products. The 
the the biggest problem is is the fact that you know like i said proof is in the pudding and with that stuff it's just so easy to to deceive people and that was where i was always it didn't off. used to be it no, didn't it used to be until right. drc came along You're and right. that's i i didn't know i i keep questioning whether it was just the over manufacturing of it right whether it was just the commercial side of things the commercial production of things that gave it a bad rap or if it was specifically crc I and i think it was crc without people realizing it yeah and i think now we've realized it as somewhat not maybe not uh a majority of us have but i think a good portion of us in the industry have realized that's what's given it the bad rap and it's almost like this this damage has been done and there's no coming back from it and i hope that's not the case with bho yes honestly 100 honestly when i hear bho i right Word. a lot of people do yeah i don't want i don't know if i even want like when we talk about these judging things it's bad enough getting bad rosin <laughs> yeah man. i don't For want bad enough. bho yeah you know what I'm, like i'm sorry there's a big difference to me between bad rosin and bad bho like, is there you know, a big difference between good BHO and good rosin? Not as much as there is. On the not anymore. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, okay. not as yeah, much actually, anymore. Actually, I agree. No. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, it just, that's knowing. Too, okay. Knowing I'm, making, hold on. I said this on the show. Maybe I said this on the show. I've said it on BGS before. The, the parabolic curve, I think it's called, of rosin is like this, right? So you've got really bad over here you've got really good over here and you've got kind of the center it's like this it's pretty narrow and then you've got this bho curve and this bho curve goes like this mm. <laughs> it's much wider sure, because sure, you have sure. a lot of bad products a lot way worse products than Looking the worst all of this out there <laughs> yes. you know but i believe that you can actually get a lot better products was it this side or this side a lot better products than you can on the solventless side because BHO is capable of quite literally processing a wider variety of cannabis strains. Now, you know, one for one, we can argue that, but the fact that it has the wider variety, I think gives it that wider margin like that. Again, the other side of the spectrum is just as true in which there's a lot more bad products on the BHO side. And I think that's in part where the bad rap comes from. <laughs> I just want to jump in and say fuck you on this Clementine consistency as well. <laughs> dude, I just popped some seeds from some old Clementine genetics. Clementine's a special strain, dude. Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, I it's want a cup with that, baby. It's you guys that are watching me live, what this fucking reaction from the from the lemon orange peels about to fucking just grab me by the pooper. And it's like <laughs> it's like a candy orange. It's not like the, the trop orange that everyone no, has. Oh yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's a different candy, sweeter. Man, the trop, the trop C that I've been fucking with up at Eden, dude, um, is it's just, phenomenal, bro. Dude. I just did. Hey, a, can I, uh, can I just say that that has fire? That has played a part, Pedro, in my mind shifting on solventless. Nice, good. I'm not kidding you. Like my my whole like uh, attitude towards solventless in terms of like the flavors that were capable has shifted a notch in your direction that's awesome because 
I haven't experienced that flavor like you were able to provide in that 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 jar that I drove out to Colorado to pick up from you. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it was. I mean, honestly, man, props. I, I can't Thank I you. can't say it enough. It uh, it makes a... me want to drive back for more. You know, <laughs> we we can we can we can work on that. Um, <laughs> I want to work. I want to work on that too. The Clementine uh, we, washed well. Uh, the Clementine. I, I, I'm over here smoking straight. So Clementine does not wash well, bro. Back all, to that. Back all. to that. Uh, I don't like calling this BHO. Okay. This is what your what is your tribe? And we call it. We I. I it's not solvent. Is solvent based? It's what the fuck it's was hydrocarbon the word? based? Hydrocarbon based. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Because it is a tri, so I use a tri blend of solvents. So it's not technically BHO; it's like a THO, a tri blend. Uh, that's that sounds stupid, and I don't want to make any more names. So I just nah, call it a hydrocarbon. We can blend. make as many as we fucking want, dude. I make. Yeah, I know. People get confused, and you know, then we got to start. That's why we have podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. That's part of like being an artist, man. You could you can kind of create your own format. I know. I just, I never saw myself as an artist or you a are. collector. Of like, you don't see yourself as a, you, bro, you need to look in the mirror and I need to, I don't know. You need to look at from everybody else's perspective out here. If you don't fucking, if you don't look at your fucking self as an artist after fucking producing that. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I just grew the plant and processed it, man. I didn't, I didn't create those genetics like someone else did. You know, I don't know. It's just one of that's those where the that's where the artist comes in. Yeah, it's what you do. Somebody else can give you the paint. Exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's what you do. You putting it on that fucking paper, bro. I just feel more like a, a technician than I do an artist. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm operating equipment. I don't feel like I'm creating art. I highly disagree. But you're you taking care of the plant. You're handling it. You're, yeah, you you're treating it with the respect it needs in order to come out with the final. I've product. even said this. Let's here. I wanted to ask this, uh, Hetty Boy, the guy we actually had him on a couple episodes ago. Yeah, three, four. Um, and I, I said I was gonna start asking some hash makers this just out out loud. Um, do you, Brian? And we can actually go to buds too. But after one person answers, it almost ruins it. <laughs> Do, do you think that a music and and or b more importantly dancing makes better hash and rosin uh, vibration and frequency are definitely um important factors to consider now you're going now you're going fuck i'm talking shake your booty bro i'm talking rump shaker because in the hash room man there's always work while he's washing there's always music going there's always and for me your energy, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe a little you bit. You walk the in the room. You about you might see some twerking, bro. Yeah, the, I don't know. Work. Twerking, you're, having, you're having a good time, and you're like positive vibes, or yeah, I was product somehow. I was saying, I bet you a lot of people would say that. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make better, and I don't know why, but I feel like the positivity anymore. I I, I actually said in a post a while back, man. If I if I ignore it anymore, then I'm ignorant. You know, yeah, you just, you just, I've seen so many, and I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not like getting on this train of dancing in the hash room makes better hash. It's more of just a comical fucking thing. But man, if you serious, if you ignore some of these positive things that people are doing, these, what I used to consider weird, positive 
you know, things. It's fuck, dude. It's really crazy. Like, like, like speaking to yourself in the mirror in the morning, you know, yeah. like uh, brushing your brushing your teeth with the other fucking hand. Like these yeah. weird things just they do weird things. I guess I don't it's I'll tell you does what that makes sense. If you're dancing your booty and you're having a good fucking time, that means you're in the groove. You know, when you're in the groove, you're going to just get, you're going to nail it. You're going to fucking shift from that's what I'm third, saying. Banging what the I'm gears. Saying. Yeah, dude. Versus like you, you're hating your job and you're like, fuck that bag. And you'll like, shake it out. Fuck this one. 30 more minutes. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you de- your attitude makes a big difference. What do you think, Superior? This guy's coughing his ass off. I know he's dying. Yeah, I just finished dabbing. No, it's mood always translates to what you're doing for sure it doesn't matter what you do i sit behind the computer half the day and gotta be happy so music helps makes the day go yeah you can just same when i'm in the hash room standing there freaking stirring stirring a pot for 10 15 minutes at a time gotta have something to keep your body warm yeah dude totally totally and getting into that groove it's like that's one of the best things about about being an artist, even if you don't consider yourself an artist. If you get into that groove, whatever you're doing, you're an artist in that thing. Yeah. If you ever if you ever fucking find yourself in a groove, you're arting. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely probably uh, my only creative outlet. I don't really do anything artsy, crafty, nothing like that. That's my wife's department. You know, gotcha, man. I'm I'm definitely the engineer side, but that's what I liked about what I'm doing and just logging data. Do you know looking at what you were doing, a lot of it, um, and just kind of trying to scale it back, right? Gotcha. Like we were talking earlier about ice. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I actually kickstart my system with ice, same right. way paper does. You know, yeah. I dump a whole shitload of RO ice right into the RO reservoir. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I pre-chill the stainless, get it ice cold. The first batch of water, get some ice in there, get it down everything to temperature. Then the system will continue to run at temp. Yeah. But I don't have 24 hours to let that shit cool down because I didn't put, you know, a two-ton AC unit behind for my chiller. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that's that's the chilling vessel um, tech. I, I did that for a long time until... <laughs> You know, I was looking at the chillers and all that stuff that's that's on the market. I'm just always like cleanliness is always a thing for me. And if you look yeah. at like RO is actually pretty corrosive. And yes, even on stainless steel, like it'll it'll start having an effect over a long period of time. And with those chillers, the ones that you pump water through and it cycles through back into your tank. Um, I never felt comfortable getting either. So nope. So yeah. I'm running a glycol chiller. I've got a dual loop system. Hell yeah. Um, insulated trunk lines. There you and go. Then, so it keeps my RO tank down to whatever I want it to. And yeah. then also the hash vessel. That's and I can independently turn them on or off. Yeah. Same thing I have set up too. It's a bigger investment, but obviously like. <laughs> it is. You know. But you, it's, you, it's super cool. <laughs> dude, it is super cool. And, and it's also like, you know, after all the years of busting fucking ice around and dealing with all this bullshit like not having to deal with ice at all like you come in the water's freezing cold exactly this fucking machine like everything's just like let's 
get the flour out. Let's just start. <laughs> just start mixing. washing. Yeah, we're just mixing. Like, you know, I, I'm not. Like, I'm not recirculating cool. water yet. I'm still not recirculating my wash water. No, I don't either, and I never. Yeah. I never plan on it. I fresh. I fresh every time. I've got a big yeah. RO system, 175 Good. gallons. So, if you find yourself, <laughs> yeah, dude. Some states like you have to be conscious of your water like california we were always pretty conscious of the water so i would if i was recycling it would be on the last washes right yeah i was just gonna I, say you on the first wash absolutely though. not yeah on subsequent washes yeah you can go ahead yeah i, I, would, I live uh, on the after, largest fresh water source in the u.s so yeah dude you're so, sitting on a gold I'm mine. sitting on all the fresh water i mean, ever and it's well, even, at the, even here at the base ground. of at the base of the mountains here, we have really clean fresh water here. Good, yeah. Uh, one of the seminars, someone, someone was, we were talking about water, and this dude was like, "I use my well water straight from the well," and I'm, oh. it's like it's fresh as shit. I'm like, bro, fucking no, dude, you gotta filter that shit. Like, yeah. Well, I have I have badass well water, mm. and I still run a full RODI system. Just because there's bacteria and shit that you know you don't yep. want to be smoking that. You be blasting it. Yep. Yeah. Do your UV for sure. 60 bucks for a UV filter. Like, what I, the fuck? Yeah, it makes sense, especially yeah. on well water. You know, I, it's even with my RO, the way I was running it initially, um, I could tell the difference in the water uh, after a winter melt when the snow would melt. I live in a pine forest, it runs off acidic. My well water comes out super acidic after a melt. And the RO reflected that. It was. Yeah you know, rough on the system. So yeah. flipping it back now with the RODI and I'm at zero and I come out, you know, seven pH every time, much, much easier to deal with. Yeah, totally. But totally. even on that stainless, like you said, you got to be careful with it. Yeah. Don't and let the, it stick, clean it up. Yeah. And the, the cleaner your water, the colder you can get it without it freezing on you too. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's pretty wild. It's important I, for, clean water <clears throat> excuse me sorry i joined the conversation but i just reset my brain <laughs> we're, we're just talking about clean water man oh i know i know i was clean was water clean hash i actually wanted me. to do a test at some point i want to i want to put water from my well from my ro and then from my rodi on freeze dryer trays and just run the freeze dryer mm. see what ends up on the tray at the end because interesting i ran I did, my <laughs> ro through my humidifier yeah. And I, I blast white shit all over my room. So yeah, the, I did what you're saying and I, I posted up some pictures and there was oh. like little white powder residue for sure from the, from the straight well water that wasn't there in the RO. Right. Yeah. yeah that's wild. Like calcium probably mostly I would think like that white powder, but mm -hmm. definitely some other shit in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing what you can see when you just, freeze dry it and see what's left yeah it, you don't want that in your hash no way dude no way and you know you were talking about the terpenes that are left in the freeze dryer water earlier like if you if you just are able to control the machine a little bit better to not get the terpenes in the water in the first place that's the better path to go down than trying to reclaim the terpenes out of the water totally I feel like yeah i feel like that's a little a little unclean for me um, to be smoking some freeze dryer terpenes. <laughs> Especially, I mean, I've smelled some of that water and it smells great, but 
I, I've also seen some specks of oil and crap that gets flushed through. Yeah. Man, hearing this conversation really makes me think of the differences between a home grower and a commercial grower because and or processor, I guess processor more so in this case, because it's just trying to find workers. Because I don't I don't wash the hash anymore. Um, for eating up there, I just I I press the rosin pretty much and just process the hash. Um, but finding someone to go into the hash room confidently and quote unquote replace me, you know, or do the work that I would do, um, has been painstaking, <laughs> you, you know, because there, there's just no one. Like I said, having these conversations make me think of it because there's a very not not very rare, but there's rare amount of people that actually think about these things and and think about like when you're doing them, how can I make this better? Oh fuck, I got my water smells and bro. As a hash maker, I'll ask both. I, I guarantee I know the answer. Y'all ever drank your water, your hash water? Fuck yeah, dude. You kidding me? He's a sick. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I don't know would go to those fucking steps. That's you know? why we started testing for the terpenes in the water and um, uh, the test for flavonoids is mm -hmm. coming. Like uh, one of the guys that was in that first study. One of the cool things about my platform is I can post some shit up if I have an idea and people chime in like, yo, I tried that or I'm, I have access to this and it's cool because I'm able to take it. So with that, like back in the day, we took some wash water and some one of these guys out in Chicago actually took it to um, fuck. I forget the name of the lab, but the, the guy was super cool. He did all the tests for free. I'll tell you guys the name of the lab and you can probably contact him. He's out there. Uh, he'll do your shit. Um, and he found no terpenes in the water and he's, and he's like, there's something else in there that we don't have a palate for and we can't test for. And then these guys in Florida picked up the idea and they were like, it's, maybe it's flavonoids. We're developing a test for flavonoids and soon it'll start being on some of the packaging and shit. So maybe That's there's no really cool. Yeah. So that was like something that came out of that. And it was like, you know, something, something that'll definitely affect everybody at some point like i don't know anybody that's testing for flavonoids and has that on the side of their packaging yet yeah. probably can i can i just i, I actually am just jumping in. i have no idea what you guys are talking about but i i have to say at last i checked alaska was the only state in the union that required terpene testing and that is such a bummer to me because i think that is more important than most of the other cannabinoids yeah um to have that profile yeah, list on there we just yeah. draw our terpenes I, I don't know whether or not we provide the list on not the it's not regulated but some companies will do that yeah these of. these guys were uh in vermont they came to one of the seminars and um he's he's a legal brand out there and he's got tons of terpenes and cannabinoids on the back of the you know vape pack that he gave me it's dope but i still don't see flavonoids on there and we we all know that they're there, you know, just no, there's no test for it that exists until right. it'll, it, it'll eventually. Hey, can I just say uh, another disappointing bit of news here in Michigan is uh, my favorite lab testing facility. The, the first one here in Michigan to exist as far as I'm aware 
the one that's worked with caregivers the longest. And as far as I understand, the most integral um, lab in the state of Michigan is as of about a month ago, unfortunately closed down. Really? No longer in his existence is uh, PSI Labs. And um, that is a huge, huge problem, in my opinion. Um, it goes to show uh, a lot of issues, I guess, in the regulated market and the fact that they um, can no longer exist is a, a massive, massive problem. So I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but to see... Um, you know, to see anybody closing their doors is a disappointment, but to see someone that you've worked with is an even bigger disappointment. And then to see someone that I think is really should be, at least in this state, a pillar in, in our industry to, to I, I guess, go down is really a bummer, man. Um, and so I, I think we'll probably experience a little bit more of that here in the future, but man, it just sucks. It just sucks. So I want to share that with, uh, you know, those of us yeah. out here in Michigan that are watching. That's fucking shitty, man. Trying to stay, trying to stay alive today is tough, man. To yeah, run. like, I honestly, I don't even know where to take my next uh, lab test, you know, too. I, I don't know, like, because I'm not going to name names, but there's a, I mean, one of the biggest, like, recalls in the history of the cannabis industry was in the state of Michigan because a lab testing oh, facility failed to I don't know. Fill in the blank, man. Like, there's, I don't yeah. know, that might be an ongoing lawsuit. I have no idea. This place, like, it seems to be like just yeah, no, no, you gotta question. be, you gotta be on point and reliable if you're gonna be a testing facility for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's ethics. the one ethics are missing, man. So it's one of the biggest things in, in any business, you know, is ethics. You know, people go to school for ethics 101 and shit. And like, the I took it. I literally had to take <laughs> took it business good. ethics 101 as part Dude, of my degree. The the tell me if I'm wrong. The cannabis industry is missing it like bigger than any other <laughs> industry. If, like, if I could recommend one class to this industry, it's business ethics 101. Just, it is just blowing a little, my please. mind the fact that it doesn't exist in 90 percent of this industry that I've come across. It. Like, where are you, man? It's just the level of disrespect and just straight, just slap in the face, fuck youery. That it, goes well, the, on, dude. Honestly, a big part of the problem is we come from this like kind of gray, black market, whatever type of. You know, we're we're. It's better there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you don't it's better have there. to have ethics there, you know. And so, if you want to, you're step the, the king of your own domain. Yeah, but the the problem is having those people transition. What people expect is those people transition into this regulated industry, and it's it's not possible for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but some of the reason is the fact that they just don't belong, you know, and that's kind of up to them. It's not like a that's not like a regulation standpoint. That's like a moral question. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the old school, you know, growers and like the whole scene was was like it was illegal. And a lot of the guys that were growers were not like super ethical guys, you know, yeah. they did, did time, you know, a lot of felons growing weed. I got busted three times for weed. People looked down on me like, you know, oh, you've been arrested. It's like, well, what the fuck, man? Just it was just weed like. Why is this a big deal? Right. Especially now, looking back, you know? Yeah. 
No, when I, when I stood on, get over it, that. it's better in the gray market. It's better in the black market. It, sitting where I sit, I can say that for sure because I know my processes. I know where, where I turn left and where I turn right and where I don't cut corners, you know. Well, man, when you start really getting into the, it, it, that's why a lot of these questions they I see both sides of it, man. When you start getting into the commercial industry, when you start when you start scaling things up, especially on a on a big, I mean, I'm not talking just you know a hundred plant count. I'm talking you know thousands of plant counts. Um, the, it's not that the ethics go out the window. It's just that a lot of processes have to be changed and or you know and, and then to keep the to keep to keep the same product to keep the same quality at the end it's hard after after changing all of the you know the sops that you have to just to, to, to scale up man it's a tough fucking dance it's a really tough fucking dance here's here's my answer to that right keep both like yeah, you gotta do that to do to to run on that side of the fence. You gotta cut those corners, obviously, right? And really, in like in this industry in cannabis, like you gotta you gotta be on the street too. So you gotta exist in both black and the legal somehow. You gotta find a way, and you gotta and you gotta just do that dance. I'm not just talking about being there though. I'm talking about like dancing. <laughs> you know, like I'm talking about literally the SOPs that have to just think of harvesting, you yeah, know, like we were talking that whole like one, like that's one product. And you, and we grow over here for that stuff. And then over here, like we're doing our premium shit is over here. We come in with white, fine gloves on over here. We're, we're making our money and we're running our commercial facility. We're, sing and dance and, and that's it. the corner that i'm talking about being cut right there yeah you have yes. to cut those corners that's exactly what i'm talking about but then Pedro, in my like mind that's... you got to have the premium product too because you you can't just bang out the booth you got to also yes. have yes. the good shit and then also do the trim run stuff and then also make the temple balls because all of those products can be made with so many different parts of the of the cured plant you know, whether it's old trim or fresh fro, there's different things that you can make. And if you don't, that's where you're going to, I feel like that's where you're going to fall off. Like you have to be able to catch all the fish in the legal side. You can't just be like, we have to cut corners. We have to get this done. We have to do this because that's only one product. That's only one customer. The other guys are looking for the good shit. So in my mind, the way to succeed in the legal facility would be to have all those product to catch diversification. Yeah, dude. See, there's there's another ver there's another variable. Are you in the industry on the commercial side? Are you just growing? Are you growing and sending your not not you personally? Right. Are you are you growing and then sending your material to another facility to process? Are you growing? and processing all in the same facility ideally so there's there's a lot of different variables there and and then it comes into play manpower you know and capital yeah you know a lot of things come into play you know and people just trying to get into this industry if, if you don't want a big 
bunch of fucking investors jumping down your back and it, you know, wanting fucking walkthroughs every two weeks, then you know it's it's yeah. rough. Then you really when you get investors that when the corners get forced to get cut, they really do, man. And, and then yeah. you've got to do your best to keep the quality having had same just like i'm talking about with the bucker the automatic bucker versus i i wanted them to go in and manually fucking bucket because i manually fucking bucket sounded great because i knew that my percentages my yield would it be increased if they followed these steps but because of manpower because of this you, you have to weigh the pluses and minuses you know how much am i gonna have to pay this fucker versus how much am i gonna lose with using this machine Versus how much maybe more you'll make. And you, yes, yeah, so you, you do all this work and you're like, well, okay, use the goddamn thing because it makes more sense. Yeah. You know, and it's all variables on how big of a facility you have and how much blah, 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 blah. Variables. Uh, uh, dude, a, a, a 5% ROI on a $500,000 facility is a lot different than a 5% ROI on a yeah, million the, the economy you know? of scale is insane. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I save 10 cents a unit going out of my facility, it's just on packaging, dude. Just on packaging. Yeah. You can do that all day long on a packaging. So think about the other ways you can cut that cost, whether it's on labor, mm -hmm. whether it's on utilities, whether you know it, nutrients. Mm -hmm. the, the you're using the water you're using yeah. the filters you're using yeah. the fucking everything dude it, that's it's the, and then it's if, a race to the fucking bottom and yeah. then if you're not controlling that if your facility is so big that you're not controlling that again you're delegating to that somebody and just like i talked about before now you're gonna find somebody who's gonna fucking essentially replace you and do what you would do without <laughs> you having to fucking be there it's so hard <laughs> you know <laughs> it's so hard just just expanding and anything and dude like as a hash maker i totally feel what you're saying and then like now that i'm doing the equipment stuff and like it's 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 a legal thing and all that shit and i'm like i can't do all this stuff myself and then as soon as i have someone come and start helping me stuff it's the same thing with anything man mm -hmm. a guy that owns a sandwich shop probably goes through the same fucking probably probably i i go through it on my day job it's trying to find someone to, that does what I've been doing for a decade. Yeah. 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 Trying to instill that passion <clears throat> and uh, experience. And, and the thought and, you know, just. And also letting not, them be their themselves a little bit too. That's the that's hard. kind of where I'm getting at is to not go into this because I've, I've, I've trained a few of them in the, in the washroom that, that just get there and they're like, all right, cool. Pedro taught me. Now I'm going to do Pedro's deal. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not what I want. I wanted to teach you and give you the passion for you to take the fucking hash out of the machine off off the tray and, and go scope it and take pictures of it. Yeah, man. And and then write down your RPMs and your water temperatures and and record all of this information that you may not even fucking need yeah, later yeah. on, but so, you have it. Yeah. You know, dude, what you just said is like the thing that I love the most about doing what I do and like the education side of things and doing the classes is, is I, I like preach that so much about like the quality and I try to instill that passion into anybody, into everybody more than anything else. I'm not trying to sell equipment and all that shit. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm here with the fishing poles for you, but really like, I want you 
like that's where I find the most, um, you know, gratification and, and satisfaction is like seeing someone that really picks that up and, and takes it. And is like, you see them blossom into this, like they really love hash and it's like turns into this whole next level thing. It's like, dude, that was dope to watch that. Cause I did that. I went through that process too. And now watching you go through it and knowing that I like helped you. Yep, yep. It's like being a dad, man, you know, you get it. Like, and I mean, if you're doing it from the beginning, like it's different again, if you're just working in a processing facility, this part of this, this conversation doesn't make any fucking sense, you know, <laughs> seriously. And unfortunately, yeah. but if you, if you're in there, if you've had your hands in the dirt, you know, if you've, fucking helped the pheno hunt you know if you've done all of that and even more so you know in your personal garden if you've just sink well, there again we could define single source couldn't we yeah um if yeah exactly <laughs> oh, should we do that here real quick like saying um, Beetlejuice in the to me to let's, <laughs> let's do it let's let's fucking go right there brian <laughs> what is single source um, I would say single source would be, uh, you had control over every aspect of the final product. Had control of and or did. an investor group did or like an individual or what? Right. I would say that you had literal control over every aspect of the final product. Like you, you were delegating in, it or you had your hands on it. And you as in one person? It was done your way, the way you would do it. Maybe it necessarily wasn't you doing it, but it was done your way um you is know there like a limit to how much delegation you can do because what if i'm delegating this job to 10 people and they delegate that to 10 people and they'll they Good delegate question. that to 10 people and then we've Good. got a thousand yeah, people like working that. on a growth yeah and like and this that. is where like like maybe more single stores <laughs> and then small batch kind of is another add-on to this conversation would be okay I, would I like it right so i i think like single source would be you had you wore the hats of all the departments and you had some minions under you it's up to you how far you want to go with that level, right? As long as you had full control of it the whole way, everything, then I would say that's single source. Small batch, I would probably call it probably like 20 lights, 30 lights maybe, at the biggest for a small batch. And then there's like micro batch. You know, would be like maybe one to like twenty lights. One but are you saying of a lights. of a harvest or of a like size grow? Of your grow of your okay. operation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess of a I guess of a of a harvest of a crop. Yeah. Like to a, me, that could be a grow too, right? If they had like yeah. one flower room of twenty lights or something, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, a small a small batch like crop, a small batch product. Would I ran a 19 lighter before. I definitely wasn't considered, you know, anything bigger than micro, you know? Yeah. I mean, I grew, I have one light right now. I've grown, I've had facilities that had hundred lights. I worked at this place in fucking Palm beach or Palm Springs out there that had like fucking thousand lights. It was the biggest retarded size place I ever saw. I was like, this is the worst Palm Springs. The worst weed I ever saw in my life. Where are you getting the water? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy out there. Um, but, yeah, there's different, definitely different levels. Are they growing on the golf courses? I don't get it. <laughs> See, for some reason, I like and, and, and appreciate the hard lines. You know, and I think for me, there's three ones that I can think of right here. You know, cold cure in a fridge 
fucking period. We can get into temperatures, and yes, we can, blah, 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 blah. Single source, one fucking person. If your wife watered one night, sorry, not single source, true single source anymore. And what, what the fuck was the third one? I'm I'm sorry. If we're going to draw fucking hard lines, we're going to draw fucking hard lines. And That's the wrong place to draw a hard line, bro. Yeah, done. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. And, That's and, crazy. And and Dude, hash, I gotta stop you. That sounds elitist as hell, bro. It is. It is. And hash is unadulterated heads. Headed, hash is unadulterated heads. Period. It's just. I, I feel like, and I'm not saying. I feel like there needs to be a line in the sand. There I'm does, gonna stop you because that's not where the line is. You have. It to might not be, high. but to you me, to bar high. You have to be snobby. To me, I think. Where do you think the line is? Why do you think? Where do you think that that is incorrect? I think it's somewhere in between what Brian said and what you said. I think if you want to go on vacation for a weekend and you are not automating your system and want to rely on someone to come in and water your plants for you, that does not make it not single source. If you want to run a caregiver grow and maybe you're sick and you send your wife in to go water the troops, that does not make it not single source. Maybe you grew too many plants outdoors and you literally won't be able to harvest them all if you don't bring in a couple of your friends for pizza and beer. That does not make it not single source. I think what makes it not single source is saying, hey, I grew this and now I'm sending it to someone else to process it. If you grew it and you processed it, I think that's what makes it single source. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to sell it at the same spot. You could go to a hundred different dispensaries or whatever the market is you're in. But I think it doesn't have to have necessarily just 10 fingers on it. And that's coming from someone that puts only 10 fingers on it. Okay. I, would, I, just, I, I just think I just think it's pretty clear in the the and words. then there's small batch. Like then you, I think Pedro, you're talking more about like small batch now too. On top of it, um, I mean, I think that single source is. I think that there's a, a top. There's a cap because if my if my definition of single source is literally, sorry, you don't go on vacation because this is fucking single source, right? That's sorry. Um, if I have to hire someone to come in because of my grow is too big, because I can't harvest, because this it's not single source. Okay. And it's not, and it's at that point in time, it's probably not small batch. Yeah, I would say that would just not be small batch. And I would say for single source, if you were buying flour from someone else, that's not single source anymore. If you had someone that you were able to like even dictate some of the stuff, but he was always adamant on using certain nutrients and certain IPMs and shit that I was like, I don't want that. Then, okay. Well, when I came from growing back here and doing as much as, as as this even little grow requires, when I when I took it over and, and Dizzy started just not going in here, I took very big pride in having done one hundred percent of the work. It is, yeah. Where's where is my title where's my quote where where i think that's single source you don't get one bro that's called i think being i a do farmer no, no, i think that's I called do. being a farmer bro i don't that's i don't called... I, I disagree if i'm yeah. doing everything from 
from from starting to the, see, that, it's not being if you're a small but then there's a single the source farmer your product doesn't fucking matter in terms of a title or in terms of what the customer is buying I disagree your pride only matters to you what matters to the customer is what's in that product <laughs> and if what's in that product is only those 10 fingers or those eight fingers and two thumbs if that's what makes that different, then that's what makes that different. Not because you put a fucking title on it because someone else told you you could put that title on there, dude. I just think if you're doing something in 100% yourself, then then you you there that holds more water than having delegated any of it. Bro, I am in the same exact position as you, and I feel you 100%. It does make a difference, but only to you as the farmer man it's not making a difference to really anyone else i, I wish would, i could say it does I, there's very few people out there i could that give really you care. a pretty sizable list of people that would disagree with you yeah there's a there's a I'd say there's a good bring them out man I, and i and i encourage it Listen, a lot of more probably here in chat. there's a lot of like those <laughs> I, I live for the farm to table restaurants bro trust honestly me. pedro i think it, it needs its own category what you're talking about dude you i know think it does too then that's what i'm asking what is my for category sure. It would be. We need to create its own genre. Let's call it a. Let's call it a eight fingers, fingers and two thumbs. <laughs> call it the ten finger hash. Yeah, the ten finger single source. Super single. small single source, like single hat, single hat. And it was sourced. Single handed. Single, single handed. Yeah. Single handed small batch. Wait, wait. Can I only wash with one hand then? Well, no, single. That's up to you. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we want to start defining it as in singular hand. I'm just teasing at this point. but I mean, on. I'm single source. <laughs> no, I'm going one, down the same road. road. I use one hand a lot, too. <laughs> you got to be ambidextrous in this game, bro. That's the whole Fresh thing. With your left teeth. Dude, and that's, hand yeah. I think that's what, that, that's what makes... <laughs> I think that's what makes the difference, man. It's uh, and, uh, the, the ability to do something... You know, single source, single handedly, in the in the you know, and 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 those that don't like, because you could you could still be a great hash maker and just use someone else's grow. Well, here's you, know, you can still be a great grower and have someone else produce great great yeah. hash because yeah. guess what? It, again, it's fire in fire out, so it takes the tandem there. Yeah, but if you I have those cool. abilities to do it yourself, yeah, yes, I agree that is something special, and yes, yeah. I agree that is single source. What I disagree with is. If I have one other hand come in here, because then it could start arguing and saying, well, guess what, dude? Automation means you're not single source. You yeah. know, I, I, I it's just like, like, it's, it's, again, we're talking lines here. There's very fine lines. It'd be hand watered single source. And again, we, we could get into the same crazy arguments with cold cure with hash. Right, we could get into right. the For same sure. exact glass. And, and everybody's going to have. And everybody's going to have different opinions, and some are going to be very strong. You Dude, know, but I, I thought about doing. There like needs a, to be a fucking definition. Yeah, I almost did like a definitions category in in one of these booklets. Who's, but who's no, the Who's the man? Nobody agrees. It ain't us, bro. It ain't fucking us. It would never fly, dude. It would nope. just cause ultra. It would ultra cause put a post up. Do it. Put a post I, up. Watch what happens. You're, I did. You're better about, off just spelling it out. I did about the heat cure thing. I saw about. I saw that one. <laughs> Single farmer processed by, but you know, spell it out on it instead yeah, of. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
I mean, if you, you, if you want has, us to and, take it, and here's the other thing: I don't think it necessarily dictates a higher quality because if you're single source and you're growing a couple plants and doing it really, really, really small versus single source and you're fucking got a big greenhouse out here and you got so much shit going on that your plants are negated or not negated, neglected. Right. You know, and so single source doesn't necessarily mean better by right. any means. Right. For sure. So that, I mean, you know. I just think yeah. there needs to be a but fucking it marketing. It just becomes marketing taglines. It at that should point. probably. I mean, in 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 <laughs> ultimate terms. I mean, but I guess then I mean you're getting a tag for. Now, are you good single source? Or are you bad single source? Are you medium? Are you boof single source? Are you? Does it even matter? Now, does it? But even are we going to give you that tagline single source if you if you're bold, like if you just got boof? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's what I I'm mean, saying. I don't could, know. You like. I mean, I guess Legally, technically by that definition, that. yes. Right, if you right. did it by yourself, now, yeah, you're... And it, it might be small batch craft, you know what I mean? But, like, whose freaking craft are you doing? Like, then it kind of really you know? matters. Then it kind of really matters if it's single source. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, and that's where your skill really shows if you're exactly. doing it all yourself. Exactly. Like, it's what? just, it's obvious. Like, if I, if I do it on the commercial it's scale, I know we're getting it close here. If we're doing it on the commercial scale here, then... I can throw out my my growing skill because that dude's better than me over there, and now it's not single source, you know. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like you could be a great hash maker and a great grower, but if you have an excellent grower and another guy that's or person that's an excellent hash maker, you might just get a better product, even, even though they're not single source, right? And 100%. that's where I'm going to leave it tonight, guys. I appreciate everybody joining us tonight, Pelly Blair. Cheers, everybody. We really appreciate you joining us for uh, this uh, 16th episode of Variables. Give and, him some uh, plugs real quick. Yeah, yeah, Pelle, uh, sh- you know, tell us where you're at. Throw us out the the socials, the the website where we can find the newest products, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, the Instagram, PellePolar.com. It's is the website. Uh, the Instagram is Pele underscore Polar. And um, shoot, I appreciate the conversation and you guys having me. It's been it's been a good time. Love talking about hash. Hell yeah, man. Good to have you, you man. Find us, yeah, find us every uh, every Friday night, 11 o'clock Eastern time. And, uh, you know, Spotify, all those other places. Check us out. Oh, yeah. See you next Friday. Be good, you guys. Take care, everyone. Bye.